This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. My name is Ali Mokanyano and I'll be your host today. So on the show we have Delilah Kidami, who is the co-founder of COA, um, a savings platform that's just rolling out in Kenya. And today Delilah and I are going to discuss the savings culture in East Africa. And she's going to tell us a little bit about uh, the product that they're launching soon and the different challenges that they encountered you know, in building the product, as well as future products that we can expect from our company. Welcome to the show, Delilah. Thank you, Ali. My name is Delilah Kitanu. I'm the co-founder of COA. COA is a savings app focused on making savings as easy as possible. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. So just to get a background on you know, the general savings within Kenya and East Africa, how do you compare Kenya's saving culture with you know, other countries in East Africa as well as other giants in the continent? I think that East Africa and Kenya in general, we're still very much in a community-based savings culture. So it's a very traditional space where we see a lot of reliance on group savings and a lot of reliance on our neighbors as well. So I personally am from Ethiopia and in Ethiopia we have, um, it's called a group which is the equivalent of chamas, it's the kind of almost the equivalent of sakos. From our perspective, we see that East Africa and Kenya specifically has this traditional kind of savings culture where individuals are slowly saving towards building wealth. And, you know, the amazing thing about the saving sector is the volume and amounts that people are saving actually in Kenya. Some statistics are kind of showing that average household savings in Kenya is around 13 billion. And the really interesting part of this for us was that 8 billion of that is informal savings. And for us, I think that just indicated that, you know, there is a gap here that why aren't people saving in formal kind of settings and how can we be that bridge as well? So it's a very interesting savings culture, I think. And being from Ethiopia, I think there's so many similarities, especially looking at chamas and groups. I understand that, you know, chamas in Kenya is still one of the dominant saving products, but then we've had a few formal products here there. What do you think is the balance between different saving products? And here I'm talking about, you know, channels, mobile money versus banks. So I think what we're seeing really is that um, right now you're seeing almost this like growing use demographic that is really tech savvy and, and really looking for options. Um, and these are individuals who are so used to, you know, digital experiences and good digital experiences in their daily life. And that's something that they're coming to expect of, you know, their saving providers, whether that be a Chama, whether that be a Sako, whether that be a bank. And I think that there's a little bit of friction there because the traditional saving sector is not able to offer this kind of new demographic, the tech access or the easy access to various savings products. And I think that's where you see this friction in the savings space. 
And definitely there's the new generation that's getting into saving. Later in the podcast, I want us to, you know, explore how Goa perhaps is looking to incorporate you know, the older generation that's more into chamas, into digital products. But we'll talk about that later. Meanwhile, what are some of the challenges that Kenyans and East Africans in general experience when it comes to savings? You know, as much as Kenya is really forward thinking in terms of payments and mobile money and really financial services via mobile, I think that the region as a whole has a few challenges and pain points that are not really being addressed. Um, the first of which I would say is education and it's almost awareness of what the various options are in terms of financial products, in terms of creating wealth, in terms of how to save and put money aside. When I look at my kind of childhood and education, I also went to school here in Kenya. I cannot pinpoint at any time where I learned, you know, what is a fixed deposit? What is a money market? How can I invest my money? Those are not things that are taught to individuals as they're growing up. And I think this creates a lack of awareness in terms of options, especially when we're looking at the savings and financial space. Another challenge that we have kind of pinpointed is that the distribution of products. I think I briefly mentioned this before when you're looking at this kind of tech wave or this digitization wave in terms of financial products, you don't see as many formal financial products that are, you know, very traditional. When you're looking at the banking sector, you're looking at various financial sectors. So like the mutual funds or pension funds and the like, um, they're not distributing their products as tech friendly or digitally friendly as is accustomed in other industries. So I think that poor product distribution and access plays a big role. And then this year, what we've really seen is a shift in the conversation. I think in the last two, three years, there's been a huge trend in terms of credit, microloans, payday loans, and the ease of access to those. But I think it's only this year when the pandemic hit and people are really short on cash and actual income that the merit or the kind of instant gratification of taking a loan, taking a quick payday credit, um, it almost brings individuals back to reality that that is not a means of creating wealth or creating good financial status for yourself. So I think these three key challenges need to be addressed in the market for an individual to be able to create good financial and future wealth, but also have a good financial future. And those are kind of the gaps that we're trying to plug with COA. You know, speaking about the tech wing, we have you guys who are launching a new savings product. Could you tell us a little bit about COA, the company? Yeah, absolutely. So COA aims to help customers save effortlessly by creating access to various financial products. So essentially what that means is that through the challenges that we just mentioned, we've seen a gap in that people are not putting money away for future. And we believe that that is really a user psychology. It's based on that behavioral kind of economics. People are not saving because it's not fun to save. You're not going to get like an instant gratification because you put 100 shillings away. So what we're really trying to do with COA, uh, we built out the app and um, thinking of how does a person, you know, save? How do they think about their financial future? And it's almost rewarding you for good behavior. So we're trying to build out a process by which people can create new savings habits and that they are getting that instant gratification through the app, through various reminders and kind of fun little trinkets that we put inside. But in the long run, they're still getting that delayed gratification of having put money aside for a longer time, having um, that kind of financial base. 
the first question we asked ourselves when we came to the idea and came to looking to how we want to build it is why does everyone keep scrolling on Instagram or when you think of Tinder why does everyone keep swiping you know it's almost subconscious that people are looking for that next like or that next match or something and that's what we're really trying to build into co as a savings product so what is that like or what is that kind of gratification that people will get from putting some money aside and that's really how we built that about I'm really curious about you know the behavior change for your savings and I can bring you guys to launch that way I can experience it first time as a consumer most startups or rather most founders I have talked to have a personal story behind their firm what's the personal story behind Cola and why did you decide to build this startup that's a great question i was lucky enough to meet my co-founder about 2 years ago having both been working in the african tech ecosystem and at that point we were both working at mest um him on more of the investment side and me on the more partnership side and we kind of got together and we both have a keen interest in the financial sector or the fintech space um he had previously been working in the finance sector in in europe and in canada and myself more here on the continent as i was growing up my parents are very in tune with their group um so that's the savings groups so for myself i grew up watching my mom she you know manages them she um is kind of the key person who collects the money distributes because they do it in more of like a merry go round kind of style having watched that at the beginning of 2020 we start to have more and more conversations around what does the mobile money or the fintech space look like across the continent um where are the gaps you know where are people putting their money and how are they using it and there's just a lot of questions that we had around how people save how people invest their money and what are the pain points there and as we were going through those questions you know the more that we heard and the more that we learned we really kind of pinpointed the key challenges uh, the ones that i mentioned so that awareness of options the poor product distribution and this rising and almost falling trend of credit so as we kind of dug deeper into that we kind of came to the idea of coa and making it easy for people to save it also has a social kind of mission which i really really align with and you know we decided early in this year that this would be the year for us to kind of jump and try it out and so far it's been a really great and humbling experience in terms of learning that these problems are kind of very prevalent and having talked to numbers of users numbers of partners you know just people in the ecosystem we feel like we're on the right track to solve the problems that we identified early in the year I had the opportunity to talk to Alexis earlier when we were preparing for this podcast, and uh, one of the things I noticed is both of you founders are not natives of Kenya. You come from Ethiopia, where Alexis has spent quite some time in Togo, and I wonder why did you guys choose Kenya as the market to start the organization, or rather, your launch market? And that's actually a question we get a lot. from my side i actually grew up here in kenya i'm going to elementary school and graduating high school here as well and moved back and i think the kenyan ecosystem is so vibrant and it's so welcoming it's a fantastic place to kind of start up but for us the main reasons why we chose kenya is because people are used to financial product offerings on mobile 
um, you would be surprised how rare that is across the continent, even with this proliferation of mobile money. Kenya is unique in that sense that people are open to it and they're willing to use it and they're willing to test out new things. Um, I think in general, the uptake of technology here is faster and kind of you can really test things out at a faster pace. And it's a really tech enabling environment. I think one of the big reasons as well is because we have been following this kind of trend of credit and the rise of digital and micro loans. And at the beginning of the year when COVID kind of hit really hard and Kenya shut down, most of the countries on the continent shut down, the narrative really started to change here. And I think that was kind of evidenced by like the government intervening and really putting in safeguards for people who are taking loans, you know, because they needed to protect the population. But I think people also started to understand that they needed to safeguard themselves and they really needed to set themselves up for a good financial future because the future was now uncertain, I guess, across the board. And I think those conditions make it so that we could come in and offer something that was coming a need. So it's on a trend to become a need, um, especially during this COVID period, but also be able to bring a financial product that we wouldn't have to do too much education around because the use of mobile money and kind of tech is much higher here. So all of those kind of factors pulled us to Kenya and yeah, so far, definitely the right choice. Let's talk a little bit about the products that you have here. What are some of the products that you guys are offering to the Kenyan market? Yeah, so we're starting off with two key products. Um, we're really, as I said, basing these two key products on behavior and kind of psychology of the individual user. So on one side, we are allowing users to open a savings pool. Um, this is kind of just a place to hold their savings and allow them to passively save their money into the COA account. The other product is a goal-based lock feature. So you would set a goal that would be, you know, six months or three months. Um, perhaps now even leading up to December, it would be for a trip to the coast for New Year's or something of the sort. And we would then are prompting you and helping you to save and you would be paying in towards that. So really the two first products that we're launching into the market are heavily based and you're kind of building the habits and consistency of savings. I understand that the product is almost out there in the market. What has been your experience in bringing the product to the market? And do we have any pre-launch subscribers at the moment? Yeah, it's been a great experience, to be honest, in bringing the product to a pool of testers. So right now we have a couple hundred people who are using and testing the product. And really the way we went about it is we wanted to put all of our assumptions to test. Um, so we started off with, you know, 10, 15 people and we're like, okay, could you test this out for us? Let us know what you think. What are the issues that you're having and, and so on and so forth. I think the best part of that whole experience is that that group of 10 people grew to like 60 people in two weeks. And that was just word of mouth. And that was people saying, oh, my friend would like to test this, my brother and so on and so on. And so that was really gratifying for us. I mean, bringing it into the market is always nerve wracking because it's something that we've been building, we've been nurturing, we've been researching and, you know, putting our passion into. And you never know how people are going to receive it. But we got some really great and critical feedback on assumptions that we had made. And in some points, we learned a lot from talking to the users and prospective users as well. So it was a tough kind of 
few weeks where you know everything that we had worked on till that point was kind of put into question but i think it really taught us a lot and for us it's part of the journey that we want to continue to actively do so even once we go into our full launch at the end of the month we will continue to call our users have these focus groups have these conversations because if we're not building a product that fixes the needs of the user then we're doing something wrong so that's definitely something that's going to continue to be part of our process Pani, you talked about you know you guys introducing two products i specifically want want to you know, focus on coercive could you go deeper into the problems that you guys are trying to solve with coercive yeah Absolutely. So with CoaSave we're really looking to support users in putting goals, concrete goals down, making them time bound and achieving that. We want to make that process as simple as possible and we want to impact on the user's behavior. So now what that looks like I'll, I'll try and walk you through is you come to Coa you select a goal that you want to have let's say that you want to buy a car and you need a deposit you'll set that full amount of the deposit and you will tell us how much you're able to put aside every month based on that we will give you a timeline and we will also support you in terms of we will send you reminders we will support you and almost cheer you on on your journey and through that process we really are looking for the individual to build that simple habit of savings we will be offering them you know good rates so that they can reach their goal faster and if they would like to they can also lock that money in with us so that it'll only be available to them upon maturity so looking at coa save that product is really built around coa being your savings cheerleader and coa really supporting you through that journey because you know i think in general right now so you know i save in a bank or many people save in mobile money but if i don't actively put my money in my savings account or actively put my money in my mobile money account then i don't reach my goal and i think that simple change in behavior of making the savings process a bit more passive and supported and almost guided is what we're really trying to focus on with coa save i have a question which is goes back to earlier you talked about some of the motivations behind the product in kenya Chamas are mostly subscribed by women as compared to men and I understand that your product is digital right yeah. given that there is that digital gender gap in Kenya with women being 39% less likely to access the internet and 23% less likely to access smartphones whereas they are better servers than men how do you guys plan to walk you know that in life yeah that's a great point For us we are really trying to work with partners who allow us to reach the end users that wouldn't necessarily have direct access to various savings. So as you mentioned channels are kind of very much subscribed and most of them are kind of offline so it makes it easier if people don't have access. And so with Coa that's definitely something that is down the line in our product roadmap. We are definitely looking to work with partners that can help us reach the masses and also, you know, offering Coa as more than just an app. because that will allow us now to reach all levels of demographic but as this is the starting point we really are focusing on that digital side to get that uptake and really to learn about how people save and once we are able to get our foot in there we're going to make sure that the coa offering and the coa products can be accessed by all demographics yeah i hope that answers your question <laughs> i mean it does thank you
So as you said earlier, Kenya is actually a few steps ahead compared to other African countries in the adoption of digital finance products. But then it also means that Kenya already has a number of saving products in the market. How does CoreSafe compare with current available options? Yeah, great question. Thank you. Definitely, there's a lot of savings options in the market, but I think I'll also point back to the initial data points that we discussed earlier, where eight out of 13 billion in terms of household savings is informal. And a lot of who we would consider competitors are informal savings. How COA differs to those kind of products in the market is one, COA is very simple and very easy to use. It's intuitive and we built it out to be only the core of what you need to save. The other part of this is that we have built it out in a more gamified way. And this is really to support that user behavior and to keep the users coming back. So it's not built in the way that you're looking at your finances and almost sad to be moving money aside and almost trying to block it, but rather it's supporting you, it's cheering you on that you made that 100 shilling deposit for three weeks in a row now. And that is something to be celebrated. And just kind of the final element that I think I've mentioned quite a bit throughout our discussion is really the focus on behavior. I think a lot of options on the market don't really understand how to build that savings behavior, how to build gratification towards savings. And we really have focused a lot of time on understanding, you know, what makes a person tick? Why would someone want to save? What would make them, you know, happy? to be saving. And um, yeah, Alexi always says savings is not sexy. And we really know that, but it can be fun and it can be gratifying. And that's really the differentiator of COA between us and all of our competitors. I think that's really, really powerful. Personally, um, I think that's really, really great. As we move on, what do you think would attract customer or a millennial a digital native to COA or rather COA safe as a product? Yeah, so the more we have conversations with people, the more we kind of learn different ways that COA can impact them as an individual. From our like feedback and from all of our conversations, one big thing that people are really liking is almost that accountability and reminder kind of handholding of the COA product. So really, you know, you set a goal and we are there to hold you accountable. And I think people really align with that because we all get busy in our daily lives. Like when your paycheck comes in, your first idea is not let me put money aside. But if you set a goal and we hold you to that, I think people are really liking the fact that we support them in that way. So really creating that social aspect to savings, we think, is what will draw people to COA. But I think going back to the basics and really solving people's issues is really making it easy to access financial products. And when we say easy, it's, you know, no paperwork, no certified documents. It's all digital. And I think that is a big, big value add to the market, because if you wanted to go to the bank right now, there's a lot of processes that you need to go through. If you want to go and invest, that is almost a huge barrier to entry. And COA kind of removes all of those. Ah, thank you so much for that. As we move on, I'd like to talk about the future of the saving space in Kenya and the future of COA. What do you think are some of the things that we anticipate in the saving space in Kenya in the short term or mid-long-term future? Yeah, I definitely think that savings is going to grow and it's going to become a bigger part of society. I think it hasn't been a focus or a focal point previously, but I think that it will be going forward and really looking at 
creating good financial behavior. When we look at the Kenyan saving space, you know, from my side, I've already seen gradual changes throughout the industry. So looking at sakos, looking at chamas, you see that even these traditional industries are starting to restructure a little bit. You have a few sakos that are early adopters into creating digital means of savings. But I think that in the next, you know, two to five years, we'll see this grow much faster and see really a lot of savings products be more digitized. And I think that when it comes to savings in Kenya and financial product as a whole, we are going to see, you know, banks, we're going to see investment companies, um, we're going to see, you know, also being pushed by the CMA and government that innovation is going to come. The CMA is already looking for innovative companies, looking for them to come and disrupt the market and really push it forward because what we need to remember is that average users are experiencing great digital experiences that are not in the financial sector. You know, their mobility services, they are ordering their food, they're doing everything online. And that process has become so seamless that the fact that the financial sector is not able to offer such a seamless, you know, digital experience that is almost a huge detriment. So I think that there's a lot of catching up to be done there. When we look to the future of COA, we're really focused on two parts, which is one focused on people's ability to save. The products or our product roadmap is kind of full of features that will support our users and support anyone who wants to save in their daily life by making it as easy to save as possible and as quick as well. And on the other side, we really want to democratize the access to various financial products. We want to allow people to access products that they wouldn't be able to otherwise. And those two are kind of the key focuses of COA. And yeah, if you guys follow our journey, then you'll definitely see these elements coming up. We cannot wait to see your product unveiled in the market and perhaps have a follow-up interview on what you guys are doing and some of the future developments. As we close this episode, any last word for listeners? Well, firstly, thank you guys for having us to the listener and to the users out there. If you're looking to save and you want to try something new, then come and have a chat with us at COA. I'm happy to have these conversations, but also to support you on your savings journey. So come find us at withcoa.com and yeah, let's build the future of savings. Guys, you had it directly from her. That was Dede Nakidanu, the co-founder of COA. And visit their website and please download their app as soon as it ends. Elena, thank you so much for joining today's discussion and we cannot wait to have you on air again. Thank you very much for having us.